And now, a thoroughly good podcast with John Jacob. (sighs) That's not a great start, uh, but I'll keep it in. Um, This is very late. This one is very late. Um, I have an excuse, if you're interested, uh, or a reason. Let's call it a reason, as opposed to an excuse last weekend, um, which is when I would have put podcast number seven out. Um, I was baking. I was at a cookery school learning how to bake. Um, and it was very busy, and frankly, uh, I didn't have any time. So, you know, there you are. It's fantastic. The baking thing was, was fantastic, and so good, in fact, uh, that uh, I repeated part of the process the following weekend, this weekend just gone, um, which is why this podcast is even later. I would have recorded this at the weekend, but I was baking. So I've been baking two weekends on the trot. It was marvellous. The, the the cookery school weekend, the cookery school weekend was marvellous because um, it was something completely different. It was something that I was basically interested in doing, but also something that was completely different from what I normally do. Uh, we, I was one of sixteen people who had um, who was participating in this two day course, uh, led by um, a chef called Dave. Um, who was lovely, and uh, there were four kitchen stations in the big kitchen, which was air-conditioned, never been in an air-conditioned kitchen before, Uh, and I shared my kitchen station with three other people, Um, a man who was deaf in one ear, um, uh, a young man who last year did... uh, I mean, before we'd even started the cookery school, he was telling me this. Um, you know, he did a he did a triathlon last year, and partway through the triathlon, he damaged his back. Um, he was he he went to great lengths to tell me he was extremely thin, uh, and then he just went the other way and started eating and drinking a tremendous amount, and now ran a second half a second hand car showroom thing, um, and uh, was in so much pain with his back that he had to ask for a stool during during the 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 two day course managed to retrieve quite a lot of information from him i didn't even have to ask him a single question and then opposite me was a lovely lady called sue utterly utterly adorable lady uh, who was a nurse uh, and who reminded me of um uh, a friend of mine from school his mother uh she just she just looked like her uh, sue looked like her and and laughed like her um, and we got on very well, actually. And that was the weird thing about the cookery school, that actually when you're, when you're thrown together with people in a, sort of a, in a really intense way and you've got something to do, and there was loads to do, there's a lot of baking, there's a lot of making pastry and dough, and, um, I mean, it's brilliant. But when, when you're thrown together with people like that, um, it becomes <clears throat> quite an intense experience, so that you end the weekend feeling as though... Um, even though you've only had short conversations with people in breaks um, and a bit of a giggle about nothing, really, you feel as though by the end of the weekend that you know these people really, really well. Uh, it's a very odd um, experience. Um, so I was on that kitchen station with those three other people and we made, what did we make? We made short crust pastry, sweet crust pastry, brioche dough, croissant dough, um, uh, a sort of a pear tart thing with frangipan, 
made marshmallows. We made a, a sort of a sweet fruit pastel thing, which I can't pronounce, but it was gorgeous. You wouldn't want too many of them. Um, what else? See, when I say it out loud, actually it doesn't sound like very much at all, but my God, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of standing around um, because those of us who had okay backs didn't have stools uh, and so I was very tired by the end of it. Anyway, um, the thing that really surprised me about that weekend or that I found quite interesting was that uh, I've always approached uh, pastry and dough particularly um, with a certain amount of trepidation. I find it quite difficult or at least... The thought of it is difficult. And I did think before Christmas... Christmas? 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 I don't know what's happened to my R's. Um, uh, that... Rather than reading loads of recipe books, what might be a good idea is if I went on a course thing and then people could just... I could just learn from other people about what the basic technique is and what's going on with the food because it's all chemicals isn't it really mixing chemicals together and then hoping that heat will do the job uh, and then you end up with something that looks quite good <coughs> so I thought if I could get an understanding of the basic techniques from somebody in a sort of a real life uh, scenario then uh, the prospect of making pastry or bread uh, won't be quite so daunting and Actually, what turned out was that uh, it wasn't the techniques that I needed to learn. That sounds quite big-headed, but it was, uh, you know, I kind of knew the ingredients. I knew what you needed to do. I knew what, I did actually know what was going on when you added yeast, sugar, flour and all of that stuff together. Um, I knew what was going on at most stages. Uh, and... So instead what I learnt was that you need to take time. You need to factor in time. That you, you might as well weigh everything out first and have them in rather delightful little boxes of the kind that you would see in a TV cookery programme. Uh, you might as well do that first. Have everything weighed out so that you know what is where. Uh, you might as well read over the recipe first. Uh, you might as well prepare all of the tins and uh, dishes and what have you. And also, when you finish the recipe, you might as well wash up. Um, we didn't do the washing up on the cookery score. And in actual fact, we didn't do the weighing out of stuff. That was all done for us, which is why whenever we did a recipe, everything just arrived in the sort of takeaway, the, the kind of sort of um, plastic boxes that you now get from takeaways. Uh, everything was laid out for us, weighed out and laid out for us, um, you know, down to the number of eggs that you need, the amount of sugar that you need, the yeast and what have you. It was all there in boxes. So when it came to making the recipes, actually all you were doing was just putting things into bowls, stirring and then slamming it in the oven when that moment came. And where the washing up was concerned, there was just a massive trolley in the middle of the kitchen. And when you'd finished something, you just turned around and put it, put it into the corresponding basket on the trolley and then the trolley got taken away. <laughs> And the poor kitchen porter would do all the washing up. He spent all of the weekend in the kitchen. Uh, and it was it was an amazing uh, process because the turnaround of stuff, whether it be ingredients or cutlery or, or you know, implements, uh, it, was, it was like a military operation. It was really, really impressive. <clears throat> but what I realised was that actually if you have all of that done, even if somebody else has done it for you, then... 
the cooking process is a whole lot calmer. Um, and and therefore a whole lot more enjoyable. And what that means is, is that there needs to be more time. You need to build more time into prepping and thinking uh, so that the actual central process is a lot more focused and a lot more calm. Uh, and if it's both of those things, and the chances are that the thing that you're making will turn out the way that you want it to be, it's hardly... Um, an earth-shattering insight. I mean, it really isn't, but it is something. It's yet again something which, which we all probably know, uh, but we're all very quick to forget. Uh, and then when we've forgotten it, we don't realise that we've forgotten it. It's uh, God, the brain is weird and annoying like that. Why can't we remember the really simple things and then, you know, day-to-day life could be reasonably straightforward? Um... We made brioche. Now, brioche, I've always thought, was, you know, those little bun things that you get from Tesco that taste of vanilla and are a bit dry, but are weirdly Moorish. Um, the brioche wasn't like that at all. We ended up making the dough, letting it rise, kneading it, rolling it into balls, and then putting the balls into the loaf tin, which seemed a very odd thing to do, so that you ended up with... Uh, eight balls in a loaf tin of dough, and then it rose. Uh, and I just assumed that when you removed the brioche from the oven after it cooked, that you would sort of rip the, the balls apart. But when the loaf came out, actually, when the loaf tin came out, actually what you got was eight balls of dough that had all fused together in the oven, and so you'd got an entire loaf. Oh, wow. Who knew? Um, so we made brioche. And as soon as I bit into a piece of the brioche, I realised that actually that was the bread that my mum made accidentally at home. She doesn't realise that she made brioche. Even to this day, I don't think she realised she made brioche. But it had the same uh, texture and the same slightly sweet taste, uh, really buttery, soft. That was the bread she made, and it wasn't until I'd made it myself at this cookery school that I realised that, you know, for years and years and years, that was the bread that she was making. Um, uh, and when I'd bitten into this piece of <laughs> into this piece of bread, I was immediately reminded of a whole section of my school days that I had actually pretty much forgotten for a variety of reasons, all of them good. Um, And it seemed quite disturbing, and actually I thought that was worth just flagging, that that when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I used to have... I used to have a best friend. I used to have two best friends, but really I had one best friend. Really. Really. Uh, and he'd been there since the beginning, when I was at school. Um, we did everything together, and he was... I'm not sure whether he was lovely, really, but we did everything together. We sort of melded together. We sort of fused together a bit like brioche dough balls. And um, when we were in the junior school together, uh, we were sort of approaching the end of the junior school, and the prospect of going into the senior school was really quite daunting for both of us. And... 
I remember us having a conversation where we promised each other that we would look out for each other. That senior school needn't be a daunting place. We would look out for each other and senior school would be great and we'd come out the other end. I remember that conversation distinctly. We were sat on a very narrow bench in the school library during a lunchtime towards the end of term. As soon as we moved into the senior school, we drifted apart. And um, my best friend formed, God, this is going to sound quite bitter, but my best friend formed a very close relationship with another person, a cooler person, uh, as far as I could make out, uh, in the senior school. And I rarely saw my best friend. He would always come into school early. I mean, early, early, early. Uh, And the time between... It was a boarding school. I was a day boy at a boarding school, so was he. Uh, And the time between him getting in early and the beginning of the school day, he would spend with his new cool friend, who also happened to be a boarder. So he'd spend sort of like an hour in the company of this cool friend. Uh, And I'd sort of think, oh, God, what happened there? Uh, Obviously it wasn't... I didn't really think it was my fault, really. I just thought, oh, oh, you bastard. (laughs) Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten that conversation that we had? You bastard. Um, and, And he became more and more obsessed with his appearance. Oh, God, it was painful. It was just like he he had this sort of really thick, straight hair, thick, black, straight hair, which, um, uh, he would apply all sorts of product to, um, and in actual fact, what he was doing was emulating his new cool friend, (laughs) only the thing was that his new cool friend was in fact cooler than, than my former best friend, um, and he could pull off the image far better than my best friend could. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I'm only laughing about that now, but at the time, it's like, oh my God, you are so, look what you're doing, look what you're doing, you fool. Um, uh, and the other thing about him was that he, I suspect, because he became slightly more aware of himself and and of girls, uh, that um, he suddenly sort of, in the process of emulating his new cool friend, he suddenly sort of projected himself as an extremely desirable person um, who all the girls really, really went after. The reality was all the girls didn't go after him at all, um, but he thought that they did, and he thought that he was a player. And it was all quite sort of... It's all quite sad. Anyway, this is... (laughs) Anyway, anyway. Bear with me, bear with me. So, so we moved into the senior school, and I sort of uh, what I what I quickly discovered was that I didn't really have any allies, um, and I found senior school sort of quite hostile and um, intimidating, as I imagine any teenager would really. Um, and that I, in terms of the pecking order, I was looking at the pecking order. I wasn't so much in it; I was merely observing it and wishing I was in it. Um, and and very quickly after I moved into the senior school, I identified periods of the day when uh, that sort of hostileness and intimidating atmosphere was at its height. 
and sought to avoid those situations, and in particular, uh, sought to avoid the common room in the run-up to lunch. That felt like a period of time when when all of the years in the senior school sort of got together and waited to go into the lunch lunch hall. That seemed like a period of time when I absolutely could, couldn't be there. Because if I was there, because I didn't have an ally, I stuck out like a sore thumb, and that made me a target. <clears throat> uh, and so one way to avoid being a target is to extricate yourself from that situation. Uh, and so, and so I did that. Uh, I not only extricated myself from the common room, but I completely extricated myself from lunch, and I took myself off to the practice rooms uh, in the main part of the school, and I spent my lunch hour practicing the piano or the clarinet. Um, and I took lunch from home (laughs) I took sandwiches from home mum made me sandwiches from home so mum sort of bought into this Um, she agreed to this she didn't think it was weird I thought it was weird unless I just sort of projected it as no I don't want to I want to use my lunch hour to practice and maybe that's why I did um <laughs> uh, and these sandwiches were that were this bread they were the, uh, they were this brioche bread and 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 I remember one particular sandwich that I seemed to have over and over and over again, which was cheddar cheese and beetroot. Who thought of putting cheddar cheese and beetroot together? How is that in any way a good idea? Because by the time I came to unwrap my sandwiches, um, the bread was stained pink. And and I do remember sitting in practice rooms, eating these sandwiches on my own and sort of feeling a sense of calmness. Oh, thank God, I don't have to be in the common room. But looking at sandwiches and thinking, God, I feel so sad. And... I did do quite well at the piano. You know, I did pass my grades and I passed all of my grades for clarinet. So, you know, the practice paid off. At one point, I was doing two and a half hours of practice a day, an hour at lunchtime, half an hour before school, and an hour after school. Um, But it seemed so terribly sad, looking back on it. Really, really sad. Uh, That I ran away from it. Uh, That that I allowed that situation to um, that I allowed that situation to occur I wasn't practicing the piano because actually I wanted to practice the piano I mean I enjoy practicing the piano uh, and I still do uh, but uh, that wasn't the reason the reason was to avoid the common room and all of that came yeah, I was reminded of all of that by going on a cookery school in Devon uh, and and making some bread and biting into it. It's weird and rather sad. <laughs>